0: G'day mate 40 here. So I'm looking at uh, some of the the comments to my recent videos, including my my two videos yesterday on will Nick Fuentes be found guilty of sedition? I have no legal knowledge about what constitutes sedition. It does sound like there's a serious case that uh, can be made against him. So (laughs) that's my my middle-of-the-road take. Uh, There's a comment here, you are not a color. You can see it, but you can't be it. Well, in some circumstances, people do primarily see your color. Or, I wear a yarmulke. In some circumstances, people primarily see the yarmulke, and they filter everything else about me through, through that perspective. So sometimes people's reactions will be primarily to your racial color. Other times it will be primarily to your accent or... It will be primarily due to your religious affiliation or your politics, right? People have many identities, and in some circumstances, one part of their identity will come to the fore. So you may not believe that uh, people can be divided by skin color, but in some circumstances, that's how the world works. Then uh, interlocutor responds to my interview of former American Nazi leader Jeff Scoop. I asked him about uh, the, the tension between you know, fighting for the white race and being attracted to non-white women. And he, he laughed and he understood exactly what I was saying. And inter- interlocutor says, what an odd question Ford asked concerning dating and relationships, as if it would be natural for someone with his political and ideological convictions, talking about Nazi Jeff Scoop, to be attracted to non-white females well guess what people are complicated right you can have all the ideological commitments philosophical commitments political commitments you want but you are still operating within a body and uh the penis never lies all right so all sorts of orthodox jews have gotten involved in intimate relations with non-orthodox women all sorts of you know, women dedicated to preserving their virginity have given it up under some circumstances. So people have sexual urges, romantic urges, urges for applause and for community. And so people aren't just governed by their head. The People aren't just governed by their religiosity or their ideology or their, their politics. So, so we have different, different parts of us that are often in, in conflict. Then uh, Chad Walker says that uh, my shows on Nick Fuentes were frustrating to listen to. Luke says he wants the January 6th Capitol Hill protesters arrested. No, I only want those January 6th Capitol Hill protesters who are breaking the law and causing damage, right? So whether they were on the left or on the right, I want people who break the law and damage civil society. I want them arrested and prosecuted. I don't want them uh, more prosecuted if they're on the left I don't want them more prosecuted on the right but if people break the law like many of the January 6th Capitol Hill rioters did right, then then I would want them prosecuted just as I'd want NT4 Black Lives Matter or left wing protesters who acted similarly I, I would also want them arrested Chad says uh, Luke says he wants January 6th protesters arrested just like he wants leftist protesters yeah I want people who break the law and damage civil society I want them arrested that's nice problem is in the real world leftist protesters get off scot free while right wingers are destroyed now, in some circumstances some left wing protesters get off scot free in other circumstances right wing scoff laws get off scot free so it's not like the whole world is just uh completely biased against people on the right so circumstances change depending on time and location right so uh, Chad seems to be very strong into the right-wing victimhood narrative, and victimhood is a source of identity, and it's a source of, of power and and energy. Uh, it it also warps, all right. So the sense of group victimhood it binds and blinds, to use well, Jonathan Jonathan Haidt, the uh, the psychology social psychologist, all right ties bind and blind, right. So If you've got a strong in-group identity, then you probably have taken on your in-group's victimhood narrative. So I think pretty much every in-group has has a victimhood narrative. And so you can't help but have this in-group victimhood narrative, but it also helps if you're able to step outside of it, try to see things from an objective perspective. So it's easy to think about how your group has been victimized. And I think a moderate amount of that is useful because it builds up your in-group identity and it clarifies clarifies your purpose in life. So a small amount, I think, is useful, but when that in-group sense of victimhood becomes too strong, then people lose touch with reality and they start making choices that are not in either their group's best interests or their best interests. Luke ignores this double standard. Double standards operate you know, throughout the world, all right? So if you've ever had a job, you will know that you know some employees can get away with things that other employees kind of get away with right so so you're going to go through life and sometimes double standards will be in your favor other times double standards will be not in your favor right so th- there's no substitute for accepting reality and it's easy to accept reality because when you refuse to accept reality you'll always get humiliated so if you're going through life without constant humiliation then you're probably fairly in touch with reality. So I'm not ignoring double standards. I accept that double standards are frequently applying. Luke attacks his own side. Well, if uh, recommending that people don't get uh, jailed and imprisoned for stupid behavior, uh, yeah, I I guess I'm attacking criminal behavior on, on any side. It's not in your best interest, and it's not in your political group's best interest. Uh, Luke demands that people on the right hold themselves to principles their opponents refuse to play by. Well, that, that's a, a tougher situation. So let's say you're in a fight for your life in in a back alley, right? In, in that circumstance, I would hold that your survival is the highest principle and that that should supersede any other principle. On the other hand, if you're operating, if you're walking down the street and there are like live cams, you know, capturing... Capturing your movements, and someone brushes into you. you know, I, I'd recommend you, you don't like punch them, right? You, you have to take into consideration the context, right? So sometimes, you know, certain principles such as principles of fairness and full disclosure will override other principles. So there are all sorts of moral principles in play. Now, they have to be balanced against each other, and in different contexts, you know the moral principle of full disclosure will be the most important and operative moral principle. In other contexts, uh, minimizing full disclosure and putting a priority on your self-interest is appropriate. So sometimes uh, you have to make, make good judgments. But generally speaking, living by moral principles and taking the high road is generally a pretty good way to go through life. You're not going to win every single conflict, but you will have inner peace. Other people will like you. You will minimize unnecessary gratuitous conflict with other people, and uh, you will tend to be happier. You will feel better about yourself. Therefore, you'll have more confidence, and you'll be more effective. My basic problem with Luke is that he is pushing this this honest narrative that we shouldn't stand up to leftists because it will hurt our own lives. Look, there's a time to stand up, and there's a time to lie down. There's a time to walk by the road, and there's a time to pick up a book. There's a time to fight back, and there's a time to mourn, all right? For everything, there is a season and a purpose under heaven. Now, I think Chad Walker wants to fight even if it doesn't do any good. So to me, it's more important to do good than to feel good. So I I get the sense that Chad thinks just like lashing out and taking action against the left, you know, will feel really good, and that's what's most important. But for every action, there are reactions. So the people who participated in January 6, they initiated an enormous reaction against that part of the right wing and did enormous damage to their cause. So you don't have to just think about, okay, what's the action I want to take? You also then have to think about what will be the reactions to what I do. Generally speaking, if you live by moral principles and strive to take the high road, you'll be more effective in life. Right? There's a huge difference between doing good and feeling good. Right. It can feel great to vent, but it doesn't necessarily do you or your cause any any good. If we stand up for what we believe in, we will face professional and personal consequences. Well, there's a time to stand up. Generally speaking, when you're at work, it's not a time to stand up about your political, cultural, or religious beliefs, right? Um, at, if you're at a, a social event, uh, depending on the context, you know, will it be appropriate for you to you know, loudly proclaim your your beliefs? but in other contexts, you know standing up and, and announcing your beliefs is the right thing to do it 's all contextual right so if we stand up for what we believe in, we will face professional and personal consequences. You can phrase what you believe in differently. you can phrase it in a provocative way that will turn ninety five percent of people against you, or you can phrase things in a way that will diminish any antagonism against you, right? People only have so much energy. If you get in their face and provoke them, drive them crazy, right, then they will devote themselves to hurting you. But if you present things in an even-handed manner that a large number of people will be able to hear and understand, then you will have provided fewer incentives for other people to retaliate against you. So there's a time to stand up, and uh, there's a time to lie down. Things are only as bad as they are now because past generations of right-wingers didn't fight back and just let the left take everything. So if you think things are really bad now, you have no sense of context. Like, where are things better than they are in the United States, right? You know, I'm sure in some ways Japan has things better off than the U.S. and Australia has some things better off than the U.S. But overall, life is pretty good in, in the West, in, in the United States. certainly has problems, and the left has won every cultural war. So does that mean you just, you know, go out and start busting on the left? No, you have to think about what will be effective. So Republican got elected in the state of Virginia as, as the governor, right? And he ran on a culture war platform and it was effective. So what's most important is what's effective, what works, not what feels good. Maybe you'll wish you said something when the school informs you that your son is getting his state mandated sex change this month because his first grader saw him pick up a Barbie. So just because you say something doesn't mean you do any good, right? So sometimes when you say something, you do good. And sometimes when you say something, you do harm. And sometimes when you say something, it makes no difference. So it depends on who you say it to, what the context is, and how you say it. So I would send my my kids to an Orthodox Jewish day school where this is not going to happen. Can you imagine Luke telling a Jew in the 19th century that he is an idiot for leaving behind his comfortable life in France to move to Palestine and build a homeland for his people? No, I wouldn't, I wouldn't tell you know, someone that they're an idiot if they're seeing things clearly and they're going after sacrifice for a greater cause. There is a time and a place to sacrifice your own comfort for a greater cause. What matters is, is your action effectively aiding your cause or are your actions like the January 6th rioters doing far more damage than good for your cause? Luke thinks it's noble for someone in his adopted tribe to suffer to advance his people's interests. Sometimes it is noble to suffer to advance your group's interests, and sometimes the damage that you're doing to yourself and therefore to the people who are affected by you is far greater than any good that you might do for a cause. So I notice people in distant politics, whether of the right or the left, they are looking for opportunities for self-immolation because standing on their own two feet and building a prosperous life is too boring and just, yeah, just not exciting enough. And a lot of people in distant politics are just looking to martyr themselves rather than asking what will effectively push forward You know what I would like to see in the world. If you get fired for standing up against discrimination at work, Luke will say you're an anti-social idiot loser should have kept your mouth shut to keep your salary. Sometimes it's appropriate to stand up and put your job at risk. Uh, generally speaking, no. Because if you stand up, get fired, and you don't do any good, then you probably made a mistake. It's amazing how different Luke is now when he was talking to Mike Enoch a few years ago, or different context, all right? Since since four years ago, we've had all these alt-right people going out and massacring people, whether it's in Christchurch or El Paso, Texas, or a synagogue in Pittsburgh. So when members, say, of the alt-right go out and start massacring people, that changes how I can talk about the alt-right because I have to take into consideration well, how will my words be heard by a wide audience, whether it's from people I go to synagogue with or people I you know, see walking down the street or you know people I might meet at a, a poetry reading, people I might meet at the beach. right? The context has changed, and so the way I speak about what's going on in the world will change. If hor- horrible people are using arguments... Or, or particular rhetoric, all right. I'm going to stay away from generally speaking those arguments and that rhetoric because I don't want to be associated with horrible, antisocial, you know, criminally inclined people are doing. If I had to guess, Luke's rabbi must have told him if he didn't shape up and start attacking the alt right, he'd be kicked out of the community. Right, uh, so that didn't ex- happen. But I do measure my words. By what will be the effect on, on you know, my friends, my religious community my social community, you know, my, my peers I do think about the consequences of, of my words and so I do take into consideration you know, my social well-being, my personal well-being, my psychological well-being my financial well-being which would mean Luke, who is in his 50s and doesn't have a lot of money, would be forced to spend his 60s and 70s homeless or living in squalor and eating cat food. Yeah, so I make decisions so that I don't, uh, don't end up homeless or living in squalor and eating cat food. So I don't really hate Luke for changing his tune. I change my tune when circumstances change. A certain joke is funny one minute, but then the context changes. If the, if the joke is connected then to something horrible happening in the world, I change my tune. I don't make that joke. Right? So my tune changes as the context changes. Okay. That's it. Bye-bye.